The Sportscaster and Her Son is brought to you by Foot First Podiatry. Painful bunions, then it's time to get your bunion fixed with Foot First Podiatry's exclusive Sklar Bunionectomy. No scars, no casts, no crutches, no kidding. For more information about the Sklar Bunionectomy, visit footfirst.com. And by Electroflex, a global leader in electrical conduit for over 60 years, makers of Liquitite Flexible Conduit, electrically connecting our world. Well, hi, everybody. Welcome into the Sportscaster and her son, where sports bridges the gap between the generations. I'm your co-host, Peggy Kaczynski, 12-time Emmy Award-winning sportscaster, newly now ESPN 1000 in Chicago, no more NBC Chicago, although many people still remember me from NBC um, as I I was there for, oh gosh, 12, 13 years. 35 um, years. Super excited, super excited to be um, a member of ESPN 1000 in Chicago. Uh, and if you haven't been able to tell, I am the baby boomer. Yeah, and before I get into my introduction, I just want to say uh, everyone's so excited about you being back on the radio, me included. I uh, always kind of thought you retired too early. You don't look like somebody that should be retired. And uh, I guess it's kind of ironic that you'll be on radio now, so nobody will really know what you look like. But (laughs) it's cool. It's awesome. You're going to be back in the loop. You're not going to be asking so many questions about Chicago sports all the time. And uh, yeah, it's going to be awesome. So anyway, y'all know me. I'm Jason. Uh, I'm the son. Uh, yeah, uh, Generation Z. I um, am at the University of Texas at Austin, sophomore. I do Texas student television. Recently, I was named an associate producer for our Monday night show, which is College Press Box. Great time. All that's on my Twitter. So let's awesome. get into it. Yeah. All right. So we, we always have to thank everybody. Thank you guys for following us on YouTube. Also on our website, the sportscaster and her son.com. Thank you for buying some of the podcast merch. It's really cool to see people when they are sporting it out and about. And thank you for listening wherever you get your podcasts for our audio versions as well. Please continue to download and follow and tell your friends, please, as our numbers keep climbing. So- like, rate, and subscribe. This is what we'd like to say, that we're mother, we're son, we don't always get along, but our love for sports has always given us something to talk about together. And it really does bridge the gap um, between our, our generations. So, Jason, this has been such a busy month for the Chicago Bears. Let's just dive right into it. They finally hire a new head coach and a new general manager, the general manager, Ryan Poles, and he then hires new head coach, Matt Eberflus, and an entirely new coaching staff as well. Uh, So let's start with the general manager. Tell me what you thought. First of all, before you tell me, I want you to, to, to look back on when he walked into the press conference at uh, Hallis Hall with the Chicago bears. And he started thanking all the people um, throughout his career who meant something to him. It was emotional um, it was, you know, when you see a big grown man try to keep his emotions together, you can't help but get a little choked up yourself. And um, I have to tell you that I found it very likable. I didn't get here on my own. I have an amazing support structure around me. And that starts with my wife and kids who are here today. Thank you for having my back and pushing me to always want to achieve 
something higher. I want to be clear though, although I will pour myself into this organization, I will always be there. I'll be present and continue to be a great husband and father. I got to recognize my parents for consistently preaching hard work and respect and an emphasis of perseverance, leaning on the phrase, you got to go through something to be something. If it wasn't for those uh, cornerstone characteristics, I wouldn't be here today. I have a lot of people. There's a lot of people that have been a part of my journey and the reason why I'm here, and I can't name them all, and I apologize for that, but I got to mention a few. Clark Hunt and the entire Chiefs organization, Brett Veach, Andy Reid, John Dorsey, Chris Ballard, Scott Pioli, Ted Cruz, my coaches and teammates at Boston College, and the entire crew at Canandaigua Academy. I found it likable with him. And I know that it's not a, a, a contest about whether or not we like him or not, but we haven't seen a general manager with the Bears in a long time who feels relatable. Um, and so uh, I felt that he was very, very relatable. Yeah, I'd say that my biggest takeaways would be um, first in in the emotion. I think that having somebody in any profession that clearly cares about their job is really good and show that it's a little bit of a sneak peek into the passion that Ryan Poles is going to bring to the table. He's clearly not going to be a pawn to anybody above him in the front office. He's going to make his own decisions. He's going to do what he thinks is best for the team. That's great. The thing that I really enjoy about the hire is that Ryan Poles is a former offensive lineman. He was a former Bears undrafted signee out of Boston College where he protected Matt Ryan. The offensive line has not been a particularly good unit for the Bears since Barack Obama was president. So it's going to be really good to see somebody who is clearly going to emphasize the offensive line. He rebuilt the Chiefs' offensive line. And then another thing that I really liked was Poles' brutal honesty about the current state of the roster. This current Bears roster, as is, will never make the playoffs in any division in any year. So to see somebody who is honest about that, who is open-minded, and who isn't afraid to to kind of go along with this whole idea that this is what we've always been doing, what what we've always been doing amounted to a Super Bowl 35 years ago, so it will eventually amount to another one. Enough of that. It's a new era, a new regime, and for the first time in in a while, it truly does feel like a new regime. We're going to build through the draft. We're going to acquire young, fast, and physical football players. We're going to be selective in free agency, and we're going to connect evaluation with valuation. We're going to have a a relentless approach to fix our weakness. We're going to maintain great self-awareness of who we are. We're going to solve problems with open communication and candor. And we're going to consistently put players in position to succeed. And the last thing, the most important piece, is we're going to take the North and never give it back. Speaking of a new regime, his philosophy in hiring a head coach and who he wanted. Um, He talked about once he realized he wanted to become a a general manager, he started keeping notes on the traits that he would be looking for in a head coach. Now, I'm going to be honest with you, Jason. A lot of what you hear from time to time is, you know, we heard a lot of coach speak out of Matt Eberflus. We heard a, a lot of, you know, coach speak 
out, out of uh, Ryan Poles as well. Um, so, I, I mean, I, I like what he said, how he's going to build the team through the draft, um, because that has been a problem. It's been completely hit or miss. Um, you know, I like that he is definitely starting in the trenches, because like you said, that it has to ball. start there. It, That's how you it, win. Exactly. On both sides of the ball. So, um, yeah, and I like the uh, we're going to take the North and never give it back line. I thought that was a, that was a pretty good line. I thought that was cool. Uh, one thing that I think is very important is it's surprisingly very easy to win over a press conference. I mean, I'm sure if me or you were named the Bears general manager, we could win over a press conference. For a franchise like the Bears that hasn't done much of anything right recently, it's not about winning the press conference. And that's why I actually do think they did, ironically enough, win the press conference was because they didn't try to win the press conference. You didn't hear all these promises from Poles and Eberflus. You didn't hear all this next gen, like we're going to do this, this, and this. It was a lot of, okay, we're in charge now. This is what we hope to do. This is how we are going to do it. No promises, which I think was really good because this is a team that you can't make promises with because they will let you down time and time again. Their philosophies is what we heard. We heard all about the philosophy. We heard all about, um, you know, what what uh, type of team they want to have. Um, let, let's go down to, to Matt Eberflus. What's interesting that came through the uh, press conference was that Ryan Poles, there was a there was an assumption uh, that the Bears told him, gave him a list of three finalists. And um, I believe it was, oh, help me now on this. It, it was, was Eberflus, Dan Quinn, and Dan Jim Quinn. Caldwell. Thank you. And that the room was split um, between uh, George McCaskey, uh, Ted Phillips, and then the other two, Tanisha Wade and uh, Sue Campbell. Um, I believe the room was, oh, and Bill Polian was split. Yeah, they wanted Dan Pullian, Campbell, and they wanted Dan Quinn, I believe, and then McCaskey and Ted Phillips wanted Jim Caldwell. I know, I I believe from McCaskey and Phillips did not want the same. From what I okay, heard, oh, that, that's right, that's right, that's right. I remember yeah. seeing it on Twitter. Yeah, but yeah. Um, what's interesting, and this is what I was arguing forever, and anytime anyone asked me, and they said, you know, he comes in and. He uh, brings Eberflus in and he hires him the same day. Like, what is that? They told him who he had to hire. I said, no, 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 guys, listen, there is no way when the Bears were interviewing all these general manager uh, candidates that they did not ask them for a list of their head coaching prospects. Who would you want as... There's no way they did not do that. So sure enough, at the press conference, Ryan Poles said when he was asked outright, he said, I did have a choice. And reportedly by some blog sites, he went on his own in hiring Eberflus. So now that's completely his guy, Yeah, which is great. So there's no gray areas at all. And and that kind of goes back to what I said about how Polls had made it very clear that he's not going to be a pawn to the guys that are above him in the organization. I think that we've seen in regimes past, especially with Pace and Nagy, it began with John Fox and 
the example that I'm going to use is that was towards the end of when you were covering the Bears. And that was when the Bears had started to be a lot more closed off to the media. A lot of what they were saying was actually what uh, John Fox was saying in the press conferences was actually coming from the top of the organization. And it's something that's a lot more common as a whole in sports now, especially with COVID. A lot of press conferences are not in person, so it's a lot easier to have information fed to you. Um, to dodge questions, et cetera. What I hope for, especially out of polls, is it seems like there's going to be a lot of transparency because I can't really imagine that being a question that Ryan Pace would have answered or really that some other general managers, general manager candidates, um, guys that had been with the Bears in the past, that was something that stood out to me in the press conference because a lot of times when there's a question that's asked and kind of the whole point of the question is like there's this little undertone that it's being a little critical of the higher ups and which which was with the question because Mm -hmm. nobody likes the idea of the bears telling him uh who he needs to hire that he can pick between three options and ryan poles just straight up said no that's not how it worked and that was very refreshing for me to hear that like maybe that didn't make the organization look great that there's this whole idea that they were doing this and he instead had his own choice but i like the way that things seem to be different the power seems to be shifting down back from the top little bit more in the hands of the guys who should be making decisions. Well, let's see if Ryan Poles is doing more media availability. Let's see if he does more interviews. Yeah. Now, you know, because that, that will also tell us whether or not there has been uh, he's his own guy. And if he, you know, ironically would think that, you know, there are people in the National Football League who truly believe that general managers are meant to be the general manager and just stay out of sight. And, you know, that has been an issue in Chicago because there have been so many questionable moves. People just wanted transparency. Like you were saying, they wanted to know the reasoning behind things. So who are who's your starting quarterback? You got three starting quarterbacks on your roster, you know, things like that. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, you mentioned uh, whether or not they, they, you don't care that they won the press conference. So as a veteran of press conferences myself, um, <laughs> when Fluce was introduced by Ryan Poles. No applause, huh? Come on. <laughs> Get it working in here, right? I tweeted something out about, oh, no. Please don't say that because that reminds me of Ryan Pace. When Ryan Pace was hired, he made a comment at the press conference, which is only media there. He made the comment that, well, we're all Bears fans in this room, right, guys? And the media is all looking at each other. I mean, no, we're media. None of us are Bears fans. So I thought, oh, boy, this is a lack of understanding on his part of what he's getting into. And so when Flus did that, I think he was, you know, it was just kind of one of those trying to break the silence in the room with a joke. Um, But boy, did I get ripped on Twitter. Oh, my gosh, I got ripped. They're like, you guys clapped for lovey. You guys are like, wait a second. I will tell you because I was at all those press conferences. The media does not clap. It's like in the press box. They don't clap. They don't cheer. They are observers. They are the ones that take the notes, write it down, write the stories and put it out there for everyone else to read. The people who clap are the front office workers and people who worked in the offices, they would come and they would gather in the back of the room and they would watch the press conference. Those are the ones who are clapping. So when people on Twitter were getting all up up in arms like, oh my gosh. Back to our conversation in a minute. 
But first, have you ever dealt with bunions? I have. It got to the point that I couldn't even wear any shoes without having shooting pain. Even at night, I couldn't even pull the covers over my foot. It hurt so bad. It didn't matter if I was wearing slippers or boots, gym shoes working out, or heels for a night out. The pain was intolerable. I finally decided to do something about it. That's when I heard about Foot First Podiatry and their exclusive procedure, the Sklar Bunionectomy. It has you on your feet the day after surgery. Are you kidding? Well, I had to see it to believe it. And you know what? They were right. Surgery was easy. I am so glad I did it. I walked out of surgery in a boot, no cast, no crutches, walking the same day. And you can be back in a gym shoe in two weeks. When I look at my foot now, there's no visual scar. And best of all, I am pain-free. So ladies and guys, don't walk around in pain like I did for years. Visit footfirst.com. What I will agree with them is we were, many of us in the media, were pretty negative and sour on the on not, like we weren't bowled over at the press conference, okay? And I think, again, the reason is, been here, done that. Been uh-huh. here, heard that. Uh-huh. So, and I know that Bears fans are really optimistic and they want to believe, and that's great, but it's our job to be critical thinkers. Yeah. And I know that that gets people upset and, and um, fans, but especially when, you know, I Flus brought out the acronym. Our hustle, effort. We're going to be an effort-based team. Okay, that's the number one piece. And we're going to have measurable ways for standards of performance that are going to be detailed. Every single rep, every single practice, every single game. It's going to be an effort-based team. So that's the H part, okay, to our HITS principle, okay? The next thing is the I. The I is intensity. We will play with maximum intensity. That's focus, okay, mental focus and intensity, but also physical focus and intensity. The toughness we're talking about for the Chicago Bears, it's a hitting physical style. Offense, defense, kicking. So that's going to be the second foundational piece, and we'll measure those. We have ways to measure them and be very detailed with those. The next T is taking care of the ball and taking the ball away. It's all about the ball. It's all about the ball. That's the most important thing for winning and losing is taking the ball away and protecting the football. So that's the T. And then that last one is S, okay, is being smart situational players. So smart is really being what? No pen, no stupid penalties. Make sure we're squared away with the penalties. Should be in the top five every year in penalties. Okay, the next thing is situations, okay, being great in red zone, Third down, two minute, okay, backed up and being smart situational players. So hustle, intensity, taking care of the football, taking it away and being smart situational players. Those will be the foundational pieces that we can measure. For many, many, many reporters, it's, um, and the reason we roll our eyes is because you tend to hear, you hear high school and college coaches use those acronyms. You don't really hear a lot of NFL. Now, do they have their little gimmicks? Oh, yeah. Greg Blash used to hand out bullets to guys on the defense. You know, yeah. um, there's T-shirts. You know, last year they, they had the slam dunk the basketball over the uh, the laundry basket every time they, they had a turnover, an interception, um, or, or a fumble recovery. So I get it. Yes, I get it. Do National Football League professional athletes buy into that? I'll tell you what I have noticed, and it happened with, it happens with all professional athletes. 
Joe Madden on the north side of Chicago with the Cubs. All of the gimmicky stuff works when you're winning. And it tends to work in the first year. It tends to slow down a little bit in the second year. But when guys are working for, you know, free agent contracts and things like that, they become professionals in a whole different sense. And I just am very leery when those gimmicky things start because they don't tend to last very long. So, that you know, but, oh, man, did I take a hit for criticizing that? Well, first off, about the whole criticism thing, I just wanted to say throughout this entire Bears hiring process, like, Twitter has been a horrible place to be. Because never in my life have I seen more people think that they know exactly, like, what they're talking about and just be so, like, totally wrong. And I think that it's something where everybody wants to be right. Everyone has an opinion. It's in the middle of the news because it's the Chicago Bears hiring a new head coach. It's a big deal. But, man, like, the race to be right and, no, my opinion is is correct because of this or this and this. And, oh, no, like, you guys – like, the attack on some of the Bears reporters has been – so annoying to me because it's like, you know, those guys are just like athletes are professional athletes for a reason. Writers and reporters are professionals for a reason too. You know, you're a professional, whatever, because you put toward, you put forth the work and the effort to become that and you get credentialed enough to become that. And it's just so annoying for me to see all those people on Twitter, tear them down. Anyway, as for the acronyms and Eberflus's philosophies and, and the press conference, thing that I really like that both Eberflus and Poles mentioned was the type of player that they're going to look for. They're going to look for a quick player, a hard-hitting player. How many times have we watched the Bears in recent memory, especially on the defensive end, and they miss tackles on defense? Mm-hmm. And it's like a third and 15, and the opposing team runs up a screen, and all of a sudden that third down running back has a 25-yard gain, and it's a new set of downs. Those are the type of things that I hope at least, and there's going to be a lot of hope thrown around because at this point with all the things that the bears have gotten wrong in the past decade, we don't know, we don't know, but I do hope that at least that philosophy is going to help on the defensive end, get as much out of each player as possible. And you could argue on certain bears defenses recently, if every single player was putting forth their best effort and if every single player was giving the team the, like the greatest length of their skills, some of these Bears seasons would have went a lot differently. You look at Eddie Jackson last year. Eddie Jackson will be a completely different type of player this year in Bear uniform purely because of Eberflus's system. You don't play if you don't hustle. It's, it's, it's more of this, we're paying the guys, we have to play him. The Colts last year were not afraid to sit certain guys on defense because they were hustling. And the guys on defense that were hustling were among the best players in the NFL because of that hustle and that grit that was instilled in them. Obviously, it's a very easy thing to buy into before the season starts. And like you said, you've been to all these press conferences before. It's the same old, same old, like same shit, different toilet. I get it. But at the end of the day... It, it is kind of a refreshing look because it's something that directly attacks an area of the team, of the franchise that has not only been an issue for a while, but has been something that the front office has been somewhat afraid to address. So what was interesting, and here's the last point that we should hit on, is um, as exciting as people are about um, the defense, and it's really a matter of cleaning up the defense, I think, um, and getting a couple more playmakers um, on the back end. Um What's interesting is um, that Eberflus comes in and everyone wants to know how they feel, he and Ryan Poles, about Justin Fields. <laughs> and they were evasive. Ooh. 
Uh, Dion Miller from ABC7 here in Chicago. Brian, my question for you is, what is your familiarity with Justin? What are your evaluations of Justin Fields? And, and what do you feel he needs to take that next step and be that quarterback that the Bears need? Yeah, I remember watching Justin a lot. Um, I'm close with Ryan Day as well, the head coach of Ohio State. And like any player, support and, and development. Um, getting back to the details, doing the fundamentals, and taking the approach to get you know, reach that ceiling. And that's hard work, that's detail. And, you know, I'm excited to see him grow. How appealing was it to have a young quarterback on his rookie contract? And what do you think you were left with here from the previous regime in terms of building blocks, core pieces for your team? Yeah, there's always, you know, talented players, you know, in every organization. And that's especially true here. Um, I'm excited, you know, to have Justin and to, to put him in a position to exceed and, and get players in the building that are going to help amplify his ability. What was interesting, they weren't negative, but because they didn't throw full support, they said they were excited. They know that if it doesn't work out with Justin Fields, he wasn't their guy. And so they are going to wait and evaluate. And I, I found that to be very interesting. So I actually have an opinion on this that probably goes against what a lot of people think. I think that there's a chance that if Fields doesn't show significant development this year, that he won't be the starter the year after. And that's because, I mean, last year isn't a very fair example of what we're going to get out of Justin Fields. I think that between Nagy's play calling and all the injuries and the situation, the Bears, et cetera, obviously he didn't look great when he played there were mistakes that can't be made. There were also great flashes, as there are with every rookie quarterback. Now, like you said, this is a guy that they did not draft. This is an issue with, like, kind of, this is an issue with the timing of the Bears drafting fields was they drafted him, but they kept Nagy and Pace. Like, this whole new regime should have started a year earlier. This would have been a whole lot easier if it started a year earlier. If you look at the quarterback class next year in the draft, it's, it's pretty special. Bryce Young at number one could be the highest rated draft prospect since Andrew Luck's a guy that we always say, I think he's going to be better than Andrew Luck. I think he might even be ranked higher than Trevor Lawrence. I mean, this kid has a, has a chance to win two Heisman trophies in two seasons starting and then go to the NFL. If the Bears find themselves in a spot next year with $50 million of cap space and every single draft pick, I can't see them completely eliminating picking a quarterback if it is a position of need. Now, with that being said, I'm also very confident that the Bears are going to do everything in their power to not only develop Justin Fields as they see necessary and as best fit, but to also surround him with the weapons and the offensive line that he needs to succeed because he had neither of which this past season. And you see what Jamar Chase did for Joe Burrow this year. Joe Burrow went from a pretty good rookie year that got cut short with an injury to now he's going to end up regardless what happens in the Super Bowl, he is going to end up being regarded as a top 10 quarterback going into the league. And that was with literally only adding one top wide receiver to the offense. That Cincinnati offense is exactly the same as it was the year before, other than Jamar Chase. So you see what adding one piece can do to an offense and to the development of a quarterback. And you can't help but be hopeful, but also have to be kind of cautiously optimistic and a little bit pessimistic too, based on what we saw or didn't see from Fields last year. So we will find out whether Ryan Poles is a dealer because he doesn't have a first round pick this year. Um, is he going to be someone that is willing to give up um, some talent to pick up 
some uh, draft picks? Uh, or is he going to try to plug some holes through free agency? I mean, you have to do both, quite obviously. Um, but it's going to be interesting. This this should be a very interesting offseason. So um, it was a it was I, I think it was a I would give the Bears a, a, a solid B. I mean, we don't. There was no reason to be, you know, overwhelmed in any way. So I think this is good. So, Jason, let's go to your predictions. Do you have predictions? Yes, I do. So, okay, my first prediction. So we just had the NBA trade deadline yesterday, and it was pretty crazy. One of the better ones in recent memory saw James Harden get, get moved to the Sixers. Um, I am going to say that the biggest long-term winner of the trade deadline is going to be the Brooklyn Nets. I love what they did getting Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons in the right situation is a perennial all-star player. They now have a big three with three players, KD, Kyrie, and Ben Simmons, that are three like very, very distinctly different playing styles, which most big threes in the NBA haven't had. And you look at the original big three of James Wade and Bosch, the reason why it worked out was you had three players that were so different than each other that their play style complemented each other. So Ben Simmons can get back up to speed. I'm going to say if he plays more than 10 regular season games, Brooklyn Nets win the NBA Finals. That's my first prediction. All right. Yeah, pretty big. Um, My second prediction is now I know in my last – set of predictions i said that baseball would be back on time i am going to still stick with that but i'm going to say that when baseball does come back i think that the white Sox are going to be wheeling and dealing a little bit here you look at the roster there are some holes i think that they're going to sign michael conforto that's going to be my prediction to the largest contract in team history he's going to cost a little bit south of 100 million white Sox obviously haven't given anybody nine figures so i believe that the team record for a contract um is Yasmani Grandal still. So that's not too high of a, of a bar to beat. Um, throw Conforto 80 million and he's the highest paid player in team history. Now, a final prediction. This All episode right. will probably air uh, after the fact, but I'd be remiss if I didn't give my Super Bowl prediction on our show. So, I am, I've been thinking about it all week and it's a bit of a head versus heart battle because everyone wants to see Joe Burrow win. But the, right. the sports mind in me is saying, like, Jason, like, the Bengals' offensive line is awful. Yep. The Rams have probably the best defensive lineman in NFL history. Yep. The Bengals are going to be throwing Eli Apple, who is statistically and notoriously probably the worst quarterback cornerback in the NFL, at Cooper Cup, who had the best receiving season in the history of the league. I, my my like I said, my heart wants it to be a close Bengal win. My mind doesn't tell me as much. I'm going to go 34 to 17, LA. I picked the Rams as well. So with Cooper Cup as a Super Bowl MVP. Oh my gosh, which is really hard to have a position player as an MVP. Um, it's almost always the quarterback. It's been well because like- Matt Stafford's going to throw an interception. He always does. Yeah, it's going to depend on how many yards and how many touchdowns that Cooper Cup has. And if he just, like, dominates the game, then that's Well, I'm going to say 10 catches for 125 yards and two touchdowns. All righty. Um, I don't have any final thoughts. I am um, leaving. How about you give your Super Bowl prediction instead? I just did. I gave you my Super Bowl pick. I'm taking the Rams. Well, what's the score? Uh, I will say 41 to 28. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Take the over. Um, all right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, if you like the episode, Jason, what can they do? Well, if you like the episode, there are a lot of things you can do, but please like, rate, and subscribe and do it over. It helps us out a lot. And you can also listen to our podcast like literally anywhere. Uh, obviously, Sportscasters on website, YouTube, Podbean, SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Music. I, I literally like everything. 
Um, YouTube's obviously a great place, so now that you can see our faces. Um, and yeah. And uh, like Jason said, check us out on YouTube. I have another uh, podcast on YouTube as well on the Podbean Network. It's called Pass the Mic, where we highlight women in sports and sports media. So lots of fun episodes there. And please, hey, check me out on ESPN 1000 in Chicago, Saturday mornings from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. I want to thank the Chicago Bears for the uh, footage from the press conference. Thank you to Adam Yaffe, our Sultan of Sound, and to Aldo Gandia and the Barroom Network. Don't forget, please check out our podcast. The late issues you haven't heard, the stuff from two years ago are super fun to go back. And when Jason was really young. When um, I had no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> and if you could tell when I didn't really like doing the show. Yeah, that's actually true. So uh, that's going to do it for us this episode, everyone. Thank you for joining us, Jason. Good to see you, buddy. Be, be safe at school. Okay? Good to see you, Mom. Fly safe to Costa Rica tomorrow. Uh, okay. I know that you're enjoying yet another vacation, so that'll be nice. And I'm going to stay Wait. here and... Wait, you like how he said another vacation? <laughs> as if I as if I didn't just just book my plane tickets for Florida for spring break. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love you, right. Mom. It's always good to talk to you. Always good to talk a little bears. Um, just hope that at this time next year, it's a little bit more of a positive tone because all of this negative, pessimistic, what can they finally do right is uh, getting a little exhausting. Love you, buddy. I'll see you later. Thank you, everybody. The Sportscaster and Her Son is brought to you by Electroflex, a global leader in electrical conduit for over 60 years, electrically connecting our world. And by Foot First Podiatry. It's time to get your bunion fixed with Foot First Podiatry's exclusive Sklar Bunionectomy. No visual scars, no casts, no crutches, no kidding. Visit footfirst.com.